Well, hello. Welcome back, everybody. Welcome back to the Honor Roll podcast. I am your host, Sunshine DeCastro, and today, today is a very exciting episode. We've got Jasleen Gill on the podcast today. She is a uh, affluent member of uh, Fresno Young Democrat Society, so let's give her a warm welcome. Um, Jasleen, tell us a little bit about yourself. <laughs> All right. Hi, everybody. Um... Yeah, my name is Jasleen. Um, I go to Fresno State with Sunny. Um, this is my second year at Fresno State, um, majoring in political science, and I just added a minor in history, so that's fun. Dang. Um, let's see, and then you wanted my three big signs, right? Yes, I, your big uh, three astrological signs. Let's hear right. it. <laughs> so my um, sun sign is Libra. I was born in October. Um, my moon sign is that, that's right. Yeah. Taurus and rising sign is Capricorn. Oh, so my God. <laughs> thank you, CoStar, for um, supplying me with that information. Yes. Um, shout out to CoStar. We love CoStar. All my homies love CoStar. Um, <laughs> but dang, that is the most stable chart. <laughs> Really? <laughs> I have ever heard of. Um, all I can think of is, like, do you know, like, Katy Perry's Firework? Yeah. It's it's the first part. Do you ever feel? Do you ever feel? Oh. <laughs> because, all right, um, good to know. Yeah, yes. Like, Earth sign energy is so... Not apathetic, but, like, just the most stable emotions ever. Like, I don't know how I could get you worked up. Oh, it's very easy. Maybe CoStar's lying. Maybe maybe they are. I'm going to get really worked up about voter apathy in a few minutes. Oh my so. gosh, yes. Okay. Well, we'll get we'll get into that. There, there'll be plenty of time to get into that. So, I'm so lucky to have Jasleen on the podcast. She is someone I definitely look up to. Um, and a queen with a minor in history. That's awesome. So today we're going to be talking a lot about, um, well, the election just happened, so that's cool. I'm feeling a lot less stressed about this topic now that the election has passed. But um, we're going to be talking about political complacency, big words, whoa, or in college, um, being apolitical and how that's a privileged stance and all of that, like especially in our generation. So um, Jesleen, I wanted to ask you, like, what you've kind of noticed, like, in our age group in terms of, like, being apolitical and, like, you know, why why should we care sort of thing? Yeah, I feel like that's the question a lot of young people have. Like, why does this matter? Why should I care? I have a billion different things going on in my life. Why are you telling me to care about one more thing? Um, And I think that... The biggest reason that everyone should care, and I think our school system sometimes doesn't do a good enough job of telling us this, is the real like function of government and what the people we vote for, what they do, and you know how their actions change how our our daily lives. And I think that's most it's most important to recognize that at the local level. Because, you know, right. your city council member, your county supervisor, your school board members, 
the sheriff, they all make decisions that impact your day-to-day life much more than, Mm -hmm. you know, decisions made by Congress or the president do, because, you know, those are much larger things that eventually will trickle down to our small towns. Yeah. And so I think it's really important to understand for everyone, especially young people, that voting is so important because it literally will affect your daily life in every way possible. It'll affect how masks are mandated in your city. It'll affect property taxes, how much you have to pay for that. It'll affect how much funding your schools get, how much funding the police department gets, what social services are available at the local level in your city. All of these things that are so important, but sometimes they don't affect every single one of us or they don't affect us on a personal level. So we forget about them. And, you know, that's like, that's valid. You know, we are so caught up in everything. It's hard to be cognizant of everything at all the time. It's impossible to do that. Right. But it's an important thing to keep in mind, you know, that it matters because it affects literally everything you do and how your society functions. Exactly. No, and I, I definitely know what you mean about like local mm-hmm. politics. That That is extremely relevant and important. And I feel like, sure, you know, like you can like go vote for president. That's awesome. And like, that's it, that's important. But you have to vote all the way down the ballot and really understand, like try to understand like what's going on at home, like where you live. And I feel like um, like what you were saying, like it's important to know that kind of stuff because then it'll start p- becoming more pertinent to you if you understand that, like, you can make change happen in your own, like, county lines, you know? Like, it doesn't have to be uh, the big bad house on D.C., you know? Like, there, you got your own kind of territory here that we can really um, mold and help to grow. Um, especially, um, I want to say, like, in Fresno, you know, like I've, I bring this up in almost every conversation I have with people that Fresno is the fifth largest city in California and nobody freaking acts like So it. true. Like looking at Fresno yeah. and the way that we treat our local politics, you wouldn't think that we're the fifth largest city in California. Exactly. People like are always like, I want to go to these places. I want to get out of Fresno. I want to do this, do that. And I'm like, do you realize that you're in a metropolitan area, <laughs> like, already? Like, we're in a metropolis. Does that make sense? Um, so, like, I want to say, like, before you evacuate Fresno, I, like, one thing that people say is that, like, our largest export is college-educated young people. Like, think about what you can give back to our community. Because, like, you know, as the youngins and, like, as the up-and-coming, I feel like we have a lot to give back to where we're from. And I know we didn't really plan on talking about this, but, like, that's really important, too, I'd say. Like, making sure that um, you offer something back to a place that, you know, has helped nurture you in some way, shape, or form, whether that be through a good or a bad experience, I feel like, you know? Yeah, definitely. Like, Fresno definitely experiences, like, a brain drain um, from Mm -hmm. whether it's high school students leaving to go to college in other places or it's college students leaving after they get their degree. And I Mm -hmm. think a lot of the reason for a lot of that is because they don't feel like they have opportunity 
in Fresno. Right. And, you know, I can't speak to all of that because I'm getting a degree in political science. I don't know what the opportunities are <laughs> for like a biology major or a business major right. in Fresno. But I feel like in my experience, there's plenty of opportunity to make a career, to make a life in Fresno working in the field that I want to go in. And I think it's really important to, like you said, give back to the area, the community that raised you. And if we're not yeah. going to make our own communities a better place to live for everyone, how are we going to authentically do that for anyone else? Because no one knows the city, this county better than the people who grew up here. And so no mm -hmm. one's better suited yeah. to make positive change than we are. Yeah, 1000%. I agree with all of that. And I don't know, maybe I, I sense some change coming. Uh, I don't know, like there's a lot to fix, of course, but um, hopefully <laughs> we can get some elective officials soon that um, wear masks and don't get the said plague <laughs> that is totally not a dig to our mayor-elect at all. <laughs> yeah, I think... The election of Jerry Dyer, I know it's a little bit off topic, but his that was really a blow to a lot of people who, yeah, not just because, you know, we put we want a quote unquote Democrat to be our mayor, even though it's technically not a partisan office or I think it mm -hmm. is. Don't I'm not 100 percent sure, but um, yeah, <laughs> and it's also the fact that Jerry Dyer represents all of the things that our community shouldn't, you know, racism, mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. corruption, extremely violent misogyny, and, yeah. you know, white supremacy, if you want to go there. I don't know, yeah. some people might not know this, but he, I'm, I'm pretty sure he went to, or the Fresno Police Department had like an exchange program with police or military in Israel to learn anti-terrorism tactics, something like that. So, you know, we have our police uh -huh. chief wrapped up in all of that. And then there's rampant corruption, Ooh. rampant police brutality. And so electing yeah. someone who represents all of those things, who's accountable to all of those things, because, you know, that was his career as our police chief. Mm -hmm. It was a real blow to everyone. Yeah. And I want to say, like, uh, if you're not aware, me and Jasmine, uh are not conservative. Oh, yeah. Is that a disclaimer <laughs> I need to make? <laughs> I mean, maybe not. Like, just for the people at home, if we got any new people, most of the people who listen to the podcast are friends of ours, uh, mutual friends of ours who know who we are yeah. and what we, like, stand for, I guess. But if you're new and you're getting a little bit heated... I am sorry. I'm not. Uh, actually, no, I'm not. Uh, yeah, I'm not that sorry. But just so you know, uh, this is not the conservative safe haven that you're looking for. I would move to the next podcast. But yeah, um, that is so. I most of that I hadn't even heard of. Um, so that is very enlightening and sad. Um, and I want to say like. Those certain issues that you talked about, like police brutality and misogyny, racism, I feel like those should not be issues that go along party lines. I feel like those should be issues that we care about as human beings. And I feel like that's also gotten kind of tossed up in the mix recently where um, you're kind of 
I feel like I am, what's it called? Like two things are synonymous for me and that's like being like a Republican and then being racist. That those things should not be synonymous, I feel like. And like being a Democrat means that you want to kill babies, you know? Like do those things should not be like synonymous in my opinion in that, oh God, let's just abolish the two-party system. Um, because we should just be fighting for each other, you know? We shouldn't be fighting against two parties that are, like, out to stop each other from getting anything done, you yeah, know? Yeah, definitely. That's like this, stupid, the in my opinion. Hyper I feel like the hyper-partisanship that's, mm -hmm. you know, come uh, or that's come to or has been created in the last... Yeah. I don't know how long in the last 10, 15 years. It's really divided us on issues that you know we shouldn't be divided on. Human rights issues, yeah. you know, coronavirus. This shouldn't be a partisan issue mm -hmm. to wear masks or to not wear masks. Exactly. And I think that a lot of like taking it back to young people, a lot of young people are frustrated with that. They're like, why yeah. is this even an issue? Like, why are you old white people <laughs> in in DC arguing about this? Like, shut up and move on. Yeah, exactly. And it makes a lot of people like disenchanted with the political system. They're like, okay, if you can't agree on these basic things, if you can't agree that everyone deserves the same quality of life or everyone is equally human no matter how they look who what religion they are whatever then why yeah. should i even vote for any of you if you can't agree on that and i think that right it's it differs from apathy it's disenchantment that a lot of young people have yeah. even if those young people have never even voted before they still feel that and i feel like yeah that's very warranted mm -hmm. too like, that's something that, I mean, I've seen a lot of it on Twitter. And um, especially, like, in the youth of color. We're like, you're never gonna fight for us. Like, ever. Like, we are just some populist to you. That you want to get our vote, whatever. But you're genuinely not gonna fight for us. Because you're a politician, you know? Yeah. Um, And I feel like, and that's so, like, that is very valid. It's very, very, very valid. And, like, I, I don't know what to say to those people and if you chose not to vote in this election i well <laughs> yeah it's like i understand why and even though i may mm -hmm. not agree with it because my personal opinion on voting is that even if you feel like it's not going to make a change for you maybe it's going to make a change mm -hmm. for someone else and you should take the True. opportunity you have even though no matter how jaded you feel or how little you believe in like political efficacy or anything like that you should take the opportunity yeah. to vote for someone else if it's not for yourself yeah but you know i understand why people feel like my vote doesn't matter no one's listening to me mm -hmm. my i live in a blue state or a red state that's never going to change i don't live in florida yeah. or ohio or pennsylvania so it doesn't matter if i vote like who yeah. cares and I understand that. Yeah. And I think that people shouldn't be shamed for feeling like that. I feel like yeah. a lot of young people who feel like that or a lot of people of color, poor people who feel like that are often shamed by 
the establishment parties for why don't you vote like mm-hmm. you have mm-hmm. all these opportunities to vote you you should be voting you should vote for me look at what i'm doing for your your monolith of a race or your monolith yeah, of exactly. a um of a community mm-hmm. and people shouldn't be shamed for feeling like that their vote doesn't matter because in a lot of places exactly. it doesn't it like yeah. on a personal level for me Living in California, my vote for Joe yeah. Biden does not matter as much as someone voting for Joe Biden in Pennsylvania. And it's just a fact because of our... Or even Georgia. Or even Georgia. Yeah. Because of our messed up political system that is yeah. inherently... Uh, that's created to favor white people and the rich. And yeah. in most cases, it favors Republicans because, you know, if we yeah. used a popular vote system where everyone's vote had equal weight, I don't think we'd elect a Republican president ever. Yes, that's um, mm-hmm. um like a statistic that I heard recently was that um, the, re- the Republican candidate had not won the popular vote since JFK. Like, oh my god, it's like that all, was... Yeah, all, the popular vote has gone to the Democratic candidate, but of course, because of all, our electoral college, there's like that flip-flop that we've been seeing between the, the parties, yeah. So maybe change your platform. Yeah, <laughs> really, and it's like land doesn't vote, people do. And the argument that, exactly. you know... Well, then the vote of someone in Wyoming won't matter because then they're just going to be overshadowed by everyone in L.A. and New York and um, San Francisco, whatever. It's like, well, there are more people there. There's a lot of... This is a democracy. They live there. (laughs) We live in cities. I Yeah. No, I totally understand what you're trying to say. Oh, man, we could totally get into that. Um, Maybe for the next time, uh, all my honors college kids... uh, Dr. Lori Clune goes on the podcast to talk about electoral college. Just putting out some feelers. Maybe we like that idea. Let me know. <laughs> um, so yeah. So I also wanted to talk very quickly um, on having a platform and using it. Um, I know um, this had become very important uh, with the rise of like the the newest or I guess the most recent protests. Um, that happened in over the summer and um influencers influencers wow okay uh, influencers uh, not using their platforms correctly i i um i feel like if you have the ability to reach a lot of people you should tell them to value human life and you know care about each other and really you know Think about what another person is going through. Put yourself in their shoes and all of that stuff. Because I've seen, like, one of my favorite influencers, I cannot say that word, um, sort of get things twisted. That when when people tell you to um, educate yourself and, you know, use your platform for good, that that kind of s- comes as an attack. And I feel like... N- no, it's not an attack. Like, valid criticisms are never an attack on your character, I feel like. And if you're taking it as an attack to your character, maybe you should reevaluate. Because why are you getting offended that someone is telling you to not be racist? Like, I'm confused. Are you offended because it's true? Right, so you agree, you are a racist. 
or, um, you know, like, or are you going to make it abundantly clear that you're not and that nobody should be, you know, like, why should anyone, I don't think there's any basis for a, like, a better race or a supreme race. I feel we're all one race. We're the human <laughs> God. No, but, like, you know what I mean? Like, obviously, like, we should celebrate our differences and, like, our cultural backgrounds and, like, that's what makes us special and, like, um, all of that. But don't fucking just spew out the mouth saying that you're better than someone because you're lighter in skin tone, you know? And I feel like that should be abundantly clear, made abundantly clear to your followers if you have a platform. Jesseline, what do you think? Yeah, I think that as much as older people might want to rag on social media and influencers and say, you know, they've ruined America's youth or whatever, Mm -hmm. I think that social media is one of the most powerful tools our generation has to build a community that transcends where we are physically and build Mm -hmm. a powerful movement that we wouldn't have been able to 30 years ago. And I think it's like a right. very unique power that we have as, you know, teenagers and 20-somethings who have a very good grasp on how to use social media, how to talk on on mm-hmm. the internet to people that, you know, we don't know. And I think that it's a conversation that comes along with privilege because mm. if you're an influencer with an abundant amount of privilege in whatever way, shape, or form that manifests, you know, whether it's white privilege or it's because you're rich or whatever, Mm -hmm. anything else, I feel like because you have that platform and because you have the ability, you have to, you know, it's your responsibility as a part of this online community to use that platform and to use the privilege that you have to mm-hmm. speak, not to speak for others, because I don't think that that's in any way beneficial. You know, you shouldn't right. be a voice for the voiceless because, you know, you don't know what mm-hmm. they have to say. You're not them. Yeah. But yeah. you can, you know, offer people your platform, offer people your microphone. Mm-hmm. You can share resources, share the words of others you know, using your platform in that way, I think is the most beneficial thing or one of the most beneficial things that white people, rich people, like college educated people can do Mm -hmm. to, you know, make a positive change with the resources that they have. And I think that goes along with People who are like, oh, well, your activism is performative or you're, all you're doing is sharing graphics on your yeah. Instagram story. And that's that's a valid criticism, especially yeah. coming from, you know, people who are on the ground protesting, organizing, things like that. Like, yeah. they, you know, they're putting in the work. And obviously we don't know everyone's individual situation. So I don't I personally don't like to apply labels to people saying your activism is performative because I don't know what they're doing, what their life is. Exactly. Um, Mm -hmm. So even if it's just sharing graphic or infographics on your Instagram story, it's something that's, you know, using whatever small platform you have to reach your friends, to reach your family that otherwise wouldn't be educated on something to share. And so I think it's important 
for everyone, no matter where they are in their life, to kind of use the platform that they have. And that especially goes for big name influencers with large followings. Right. And um, I feel like if even if you're not like, say, a, like a political person, which is like a different thing, but like, say, like, you know, the basis of your YouTube channel or the basis of your Instagram is not really, you know, based off of politics. I feel like it still should be clear to the followers that you do have, like, you know, maybe you have uh, people of color that follow you or disabled people that follow you, gay people that follow you, you know, you should make sure to let them know that this is a safe place for them, you know, that you as a person that they look up to or as a person that they um, sort of like consider as like a friend. I know some people like, like you, they feel that type of way for um, like the people that they follow on social media that like they're kind of like on a friendship level um, that you don't cast judgments on them, you know? Like, I feel like that's so, like, even if you're not a political person on social media all the time, I feel like you should always clarify that everyone is welcome to your, like, place in the internet, you know? Yeah. Because, like, what what shell shock would that be if they find out that you're a racist <laughs> and they're, like, say, like, a, like a Asian follower and you don't like like, you know what I'm saying? Like, that would just suck. And even in those cases, like we were saying earlier, those aren't even, they shouldn't be political issues. Like, they shouldn't be about politics. Right. That's, they should be basic. Yeah. I'm a I'm a basic, decent human being. And because <laughs> those values have been politicized, I'm just letting you guys know that I'm not a racist, mm-hmm. that I all of you are welcome here, or I'm not ableist, I'm yeah. not homophobic. And, you know, even, mm-hmm. and those aren't political things. And I think we have to sometimes no. distance politics from basic human decency. That's so true. Yeah. And, like, that's that's kind of why I, like, mentioned, like, why are you getting offended yeah. when someone calls you out on, you know, like, the perception that you may be a little bit, like, have these biases or, like, like at the most mellow level have these biases or at the most extreme that you're a white supremacist, you know? Shouldn't you just make it clear that you're not? Mm-hmm. Like, what's wrong with that? Nothing's wrong with that. <laughs> just tell people you're not a racist. Do it, you coward. Yeah, and if you're not a racist, then <laughs> you have know. nothing to be scared about. Yeah, exactly. Um, so that's what what my stance is, like, uh, in the form of, like, social media and, like, sort of getting the word out on certain things that are political but shouldn't be. Um you should always try to use your platform in a way that makes it clear that people are safe with mm-hmm. you or, you know, especially when you have a larger following. Um, I don't have a large following, but to the people, I think there's like maybe 30 or 40 like regular listeners of the podcast. If you are anything, if you are a human being with other labels attached to you, you are safe here. Um, I don't know what to say, what else to say, but you, everyone is welcome, unless you hate people. If you are filled with hatred, get out of here. <laughs> oh, yes, I wanted, we had mentioned the word privilege, and I feel like that's like a hot button word, little vocab word, and let's clear up 
what that actually means. I'll leave that to Jeslyn because she's uh, much more eloquent than I am. <laughs> Go ahead. Um, I wouldn't say much more eloquent at all. Um, Sunny is the one who's a performer, so I would put eloquence <laughs> I, on her. I, I read other people's words. Uh, I don't <laughs> <laughs> think of them. I would say privilege isn't it isn't necessarily a bad thing to have because mm-hmm. it's not it's not your fault yeah. that you're born a certain way and I think sometimes when people are called out on their privilege they feel like they're being attacked for their identity and that's not it at all mm-hmm. it's the way that they're using their identity that is either like you know that might be the problem in that situation. And one of the biggest like privileges or hot button issues on privilege is white privilege. Mm. Right. And it's, I think it's just a well-known fact at this point, if it's not, um, Mm -hmm. I think you should pause this podcast and go look up white privilege. Um, That being white in this world, almost all over the world and especially in America is so much easier than being any other color. Mm-hmm. And and that's for a lot of reasons, you know, that I'm sure are very apparent to everyone who... Colonialism. Yes. <laughs> who is white or isn't white. Um, but it's just this, this the facts that being white is easier. And that goes along with a lot of other things. Being rich is easier mm-hmm. in this yeah. country than being poor. Yeah. Being... Uh, straight and cis is easier than being transgender or non-binary or some form of queer. Mm-hmm. Um, being, you know, fully, um, I don't know what the opposite word of for disabled would yeah. be, but being fully able as yeah. opposed to being having a disability is easier. So you have these certain privileges and everyone has a certain privilege that they're born with, whether it's racial, um, based on ability, based on gender, based on sexuality, anything. Mm -hmm. And so none of those things are necessarily bad. Like, you're not a bad person because you're rich or because, oh, I mean, Jeff Bezos, if you're listening, you are a bad person. Yes, stop being bad. (laughs) We could have had a good thing here, Jeff Bezos, but you fucking ruined it. (laughs) Um, But you're not bad for being white. I think it's the way that you use the privileges that you have makes you a good or bad person mm-hmm. having those privileges. And I think that sometimes when people are called out on their privilege, they feel like it's an attack on what they've earned or it's a, or they're being, um, what's the word? Like what they've earned is being diminished because right. they somehow had a step up. Yeah, or something or like, like that. And yeah. and no one's saying that you had to step up. It's just saying that other people were several, several steps behind you. And maybe mm-hmm. that's why you've gotten farther than they have. Not that right. it's the reason you've gotten far, but it's the reason that other people haven't or aren't able to, to achieve the same yeah. things with the same amount of effort. Yeah, totally agree. And that's like, I, I guess it's like also the same thing. Like, I didn't just get into college because I like it was like them trying to be diverse and like because I lacked some privilege that that's why I got into an institution 
you know, I feel like some people are like, oh, uh, wouldn't it be nice to be, like, a black person so I can, like, get into a fucking college, like, with a scholarship because it's political like that, you know? Like, and I'm like, that's some bullshit that I... <laughs> that's Add that to the list of bullshit I've heard today because um, that's just simply not true. You know, like, once again, everybody works hard, you know? We're not saying that you don't work hard because you're white and that all that you've achieved is through your privilege, but it it has granted you some benefits that you may or may not be aware of. Um, and I feel like it's important to recognize that so that you don't end up belittling someone or not being able to recognize the fact that some people around you are like trailblazers for even getting to where they are now, you know, like... I want to say, like, I mentioned this uh, previously, but I'm, like, one of the only Asian people in the theater program at Fresno State. And that's not to, like, draw boxes and draw lines and put people into categories and separate us and divide us even further. But it's important to note that someone of my cultural background has just begun to be represented in the industry that I'm in. And that's an important distinction to make. Because now that we're getting more and more people of Asian descent into, like, film and media and stuff, we can start accurately representing, you know, what their experiences are like in film. And that can be said, like, um, for any industry, really, like, that once we start, like, recognizing the fact that there are, like, hello white men in business, we can start kind of addressing that and making sure that there there's equity and um, places for other people like women, women of color, men of color, gay people, disabled people, like in those industries that are dominated by people with a lot of privilege. And I feel like that will help, you know, diversify like our solutions to things, diversify the art that we make um, and just like the in the world that we live in having more perspectives because like especially like um the perspective like of a quote-unquote able-bodied person somebody please tell me what a better term would be I feel like that's not the best term to use but um like in like say architecture or interior design you know like a lot of what how we design our spaces is based on somebody who doesn't have a disability and how we can make those spaces more accessible for people. And that, like, perspective is very hard to achieve without the authentic, genuine perspective of someone who's lived through that and would know what's best, you know? Yeah, and a huge field where that's really important, like, that idea of getting a diverse spectrum of perspectives is, like technology, AI, those kind of mm -hmm. like computer-based things. Like they're all, they mm -hmm. all run from a computer, but they're programmed by people. And those people might have, yeah. or probably do have internal biases that, you know, they're not always co uh, conscious of and they're not bad people. They just have these biases. Yeah. And if you don't have you know, black and brown people, women in those spaces, you know, offering their perspective, then you have, you're going to have a technology industry that's built completely by white men. Yeah. And, you know, that just like furthers the widening gap 
like that I feel mm-hmm. like and it just it just further separates us and like I'm not saying that if you're a white man you deserve nothing that's not what I'm saying it's just that you know spread the wealth a little bit you know like you can coexist we can all coexist in these spaces and I want to like drive home the fact that you are not better someone because you're better than someone because you're a white man but you're not you're also not less than someone because you're a white man you're just a yeah, person yeah exactly yeah and you need to recognize the fact that some things that have been hereditary and passed down to you and that you've inherited like from your surroundings have helped you to where you are now and i feel like some people think that privilege is just this like in the air like concept that liberals have made up but it's in the stati- it's it's facts it's in the statistics that there is privilege involved in many things like redlining um you know why some schools are better uh maintained and have better equipment than other schools um like other things like that there are statistics to support the fact that there is privilege involved in creating a city or like in how we live so it's not this abstract concept you if you're a math person you can find the math um it's out there i think something that i feel like is at the intersection of privilege and identity and civic engagement Mm -hmm. is the fact that our, I think a lot of the time, so when I was, you know, watching the election results come in Mm -hmm. and I was, you know, scrolling through Twitter as a Gen Z like myself does. Yeah. um, And I saw all of these, like when Florida was called for Trump, I saw all of these tweets like, well, the next time a hurricane hits Florida, we're right. not going to help. Or yes. the next time a hurricane hits Texas, we're not going to help. Or Louisiana or whatever it is. Mm-hmm. And it's like, are you are you kidding me? <laughs> <laughs> and I just, I was looking at those tweets and I was like, how classist do you right. have to be to mm. think that that's okay? Because in a sense... There's another layer of privilege that some of us in blue states or quote unquote blue states, California, Texas, Oregon, whatever, mm-hmm. have where our state, you know, is or we have the privilege of being controlled by the Democratic Party. Right. The, or, you know, if you're a Democrat, you probably feel that way. If you're a Republican, you probably don't. But if you're a Republican, I don't know why you're listening. So <laughs> um, and it's like, do you not realize that there are black people, brown people, poor people, disabled people, uh, LGBTQ people living in those states who have like worked their asses off right. to try and mobilize their communities to try and inform and educate their communities and try to get them to understand that Voting is important. Voting is something they have to do. And how many systemic barriers they have to overcome to mm-hmm. even like you know cast their ballot. So the way it worked in Texas 
is you couldn't request an absentee ballot or a mail-in ballot unless you had an excuse. Mm -hmm. And being, you know, afraid of catching COVID wasn't a valid excuse. So you had to vote. Mm -hmm. In person. um, In person. And that's so difficult for so many people, whether you're disabled and you can't stand in those long Mm -hmm. lines. You work all day and you can't get off work to stand in three-hour lines. You have children or family you have to take care of. Mm -hmm. And to put the onus on those people for not turning their states blue when they you know, probably put in so much more work than me in California who just gets my ballot in the mail, fills it out, drives two minutes to the post office and drops it off. You know, they put in so much more work than I do to even um, to even cast their vote. Mm -hmm. And on top of that, they're organizing and doing all these things. So to put the blame on them and say that it's their responsibility themselves to fix their state or to or to just cast that whole region of the South as uneducated, stupid, backwards, hillbillies. It's like, are you you're joking, right? I I was just what? Yeah, especially because like the overarching message now that President elect Biden has uh, delivered is that we're the United States of America. It's not red states, blue states, you know, it's, it's like vastly important, like you've mentioned, to recognize the people who live in those uh, red, quote unquote, red states that have like really put in the work to um, get the word out about like why this is important and why, you know, this may be a turning point and all of that stuff, you know, that comes with voting and everything like that. And I feel like if we just abolish the electoral college, things like that would work a hell of a lot better. But that won't be happening for who? Well, actually, it was really close in 1968, 1970-something. Let's say that it's on a 50-year cycle. We're getting pretty close, everyone. Fingers yeah. crossed all day, every day for the abolishment of the Electoral College and for statehood for all of the oh, territories, oh, colonies. My God, that's a totally different. Oh, my God. I forgot about. That's what you oh need to God, clear yes, for. We're gonna, if you didn't know, I feel like everybody in the in the Honors College now, the Honors College that would not be named, knows about um, the the lack of voting uh, abilities and rights in places like American Samoa, Samoa Guam, uh, who, frick, there's some... Puerto, Puerto Rico, Rico. Uh, uh, the U.S. Virgin Islands, and D.C. D.C. votes for president, but they don't have a voting representative. Did you know in D.C., I'm pretty sure they don't even have control of their own budget. It's just a whole mess, and D.C. is a predominantly, predominantly black, black yes. Uh, community. Oh my god, okay. Because we, we talk... It votes Democratic so, so, like... Skewed s- over, yeah. I, this, yeah. Like, um, because uh, we talked about this in history class uh, with the aforementioned Dr. Lori Clune, and I mentioned, like... Because, like, she was like, how do you suggest that we fix these types of things? Like, you know, um, and I said, well, if we just, like, grant D.C. statehood, all that stuff, and I said, oh, I forgot to mention... And I went on the ye old Google and I said, DC population by race. And there you have it, predominantly black. And she said, oh, oh no, Sonny, is it racism? 
is it racism? It can't be racism. And I'm like, oh, oh, Dr. Lori Clune, it is. It has to be. And that's like another thing that we could talk about. Like how, like, the roots of this country that I love are inherently racist. But that's like, that's like a whole thing. That's a whole fucking thing. Yeah. Also, I want to say, um, I am very patriotic. I do not hate this country. I love this country. Uh, I'm an immigrant. Yeah. I'm a daughter of immigrants. I immigrated to America when I was five. And I love it here. I don't plan on leaving anytime soon. Maybe like when I'm 30 and I want to move to the Netherlands so I can have bike access to a grocery store. That'd be great. But um, like... I am patriotic in a way, and I'm sure Jasmine is too, that doesn't seem patriotic to a lot of people that blindly support this country. I love this country, and the reason why I bring up all of these grievances that I have is so that we can fix them, because they're fundamental grievances that if we fix them would help out literally everyone everyone who's living here it would make it a better place and i don't under i just sometimes i just don't understand (laughs) why things like health care are being tossed up in the air i'm like oh should we maybe we should just make it more expensive and like make insulin really hard for people to get versus give it give it to them for five dollars if you're gonna charge, if you're gonna charge it, make it like the price of a fucking coffee. Like, I, <laughs> I yeah, don't know. I, I feel the same way. Like, I kind of the same way I feel about Fresno. Like, mm. I love this city. I love living here, but there are problems, and there are problems that need to be fixed and they need to be addressed. And I'm not just gonna leave or give up because it's hard or because it's not, you know, as desirable. And I'm just going to be apathetic about the direction of my country. Like, no, Mm -hmm. I have this patriotism. And that's the reason that I feel like, you know, we can fix these things. And just the idea of America, if we're going to get worked up, like (laughs) the idea of America is so amazing. Like this country that was built with the ideals of liberty and freedom of choice and freedom of action and accepting people from all over the world, no matter what religion they are, and, you know, giving them a space to practice freely and to exist freely mm-hmm. you know, without the yoke of a monarchy or, an, uh, an you know, an absolute ruler. And to have this country that's built on the principles of democracy and collective action and community coming together to make mm-hmm. decisions that are beneficial to them. And, you know, that idea is one of the most beautiful things that I've ever heard. Right. You know, a, a collective leap of faith and trust in the inherent goodness of people exactly. and the acceptance of people. But, and, you know, that is what 
we like to think that this country was built on, mm-hmm. but in reality, that's not, that's not it. You yeah. know, that was the ideals <laughs> that, that, you know, um, some white slaveholders felt for them. Yeah. But in reality, this country was built on the backs of slaves brought from Africa against their will. Native American slaves. Indigenous people yeah. who, um, you know, were, they committed genocide mm-hmm. um, to get this country to where it is. Manifest destiny bullshit. Yeah. And so I I really believe in that idea of America and that idea of a country where you can come and exist freely as you are. Mm-hmm. But the truth of it is that this country was never that to begin with. No. Mm-hmm. And never that for everyone. But it doesn't mean that I don't believe that it could be, that we can get there in time, that we can work together to create a country that works for everyone Mm -hmm. and doesn't just work for the people who have the most money. Exactly. And, like, you you said all of these beautiful ideals that um, were, like, the ideas for this country, and it's just about time we started fucking acting like it. Like, you know? Yeah. if we, you know, this this whole idea that, like, this is, like, the greatest country in the world and that, you know, it's the free world and, you know, we're powerful and, like, all of this stuff, which has, like, weird connotations and history behind it. Imperialist. <laughs> exactly. Um, but that doesn't mean that change isn't possible and that, you know, uh, I, and it doesn't mean that we're not being patriotic because of things that we want to change, you know? Like whenever like whenever I see the American flag, like for like the past 4 years, it's been synonymous with like this dirty like racism and like this just like in this feeling of like ugh, like I don't want to yeah, be associated definitely. with that. Like that's not the America that I thought I, you know, became a part of. Like I that's not what I want. Like, I don't ever want, like, the flag of this country, like, which is a symbol, and symbols are important, like, to be associated with such hate and, like, mm-hmm. just blatant disrespect to the m- most important people in our country, you know? Like, the people... And that flag also, I, you know, it may represent a certain patriotism for people who live in the america in in the u.s who have the privilege of living in the country that's the most powerful in the Mm -hmm. world but in countries that the united states has invaded uh, the united states has colonized and held as their colonies as like this imperialist hegemon with Mm -hmm. the world's largest military with hundreds of military bases all over the world it's a, it's like a fear monger. Mm-hmm. That flag is not a symbol of peace. It's exactly. a symbol of drone strikes and civilians being killed in the middle of a war, mm-hmm. and like economic sanctions that mean people can't eat. Yeah. So I think that's another thing that we as Americans, or and I don't even like saying Americans really, and I shouldn't because you know there's also all of South America and Central America and also Canada. But we as United States residents and citizens have to grapple with that, you know, our country was um, 
an empire. It was, yes. a, it was a colonizer. Uh-huh. It continues to be a colonizer and it exploits the global south for its capitalistic needs mm-hmm. and desires. Yeah. And that's something that a lot of Americans, I think, on the left and the right, liberals, conservatives, they don't get. Exactly. And they don't grasp. Mm-hmm. And that's something that also I think needs we need to address. And I don't think that the Democratic Party establishment addresses it no. at all. Yeah. Otherwise, it would have granted statehood to all of our colonies. Exactly. And um, the problem is not the fact that we want an even number of states. By the way, we never had like only 50 states ever. Do you know what I mean? Like there was times where there was an odd number of states. So fucking get over it. One. Two. It's about time we started showing up for these people. Like, if we're gonna have, if we're gonna rule them with, like, like, the strangle grasp on their neck, you know, we might as well give them benefits and shit. Like, um... Yeah, where's the social contract now? Exactly, or give them the choice, like, hey, I don't want to be a fucking part of this, you know? Like, give them the choice to not be a part of, like, the United States. Like, they should have that choice. They're their own people, they don't want to be a part of it, then they don't have to be, you know? And we just send them on their way and say, good luck being your own country. Sorry we fucked you over, you know? Like, there's... Yeah, and and then it becomes, I think, the responsibility of the United States to try and... And, you know, there are a lot of ways that this could go wrong, so maybe it shouldn't... We should just not be involved. But I think it's also the responsibility of the United States to be like, okay, why are we getting so many immigrants from these countries in South America and Central America? Why are mm-hmm. we getting so many immigrants from countries in Asia and the Middle East? Well, because you fucked them over. No, yes. Because you ruined their economies and their, like, their political systems. Why do you think they want to come somewhere where there aren't authoritarian governments that the United States installed? Put in pl- yeah, put in place, yeah. And if, like, the more you try to untangle it, the messier it gets. And um, how I wish we could start over. But, you know, you can. You have to face up to the to what we've done. And I feel like um, what needs to be addressed is that these things are true. These things are true. What we're saying on this podcast, though a lot of it may be opinion, a lot of it's from what we've learned, okay? And that, like, if you're one of the people that we've kind of dismissed, sorry, um... Like, by being one way or the other. Um, just know that, like, these these things, these facts that we're mentioning are easily, um, what's it called? You can search them, search them up, accessible. look them up. Yeah, they're yeah. accessible for you to learn about. And that we're not just making shit up. Like, I feel like that's a problem, like, nowadays, is that, like, anything that one side of the country says is, like, being dismissed as, you know, just us hating on the country and like um being like trying to find a way to convince people that america is bullshit and that you know whatever but it's not fake i don't know how to like get that through to people like like look up people what people from guam or puerto rico have said about the united states mm -hmm. what they are saying what they're you know, perspective is because that's the perspective that matters the most. Yeah, exactly. People who are living through these things look up people in Iraq or people in Palestine, what they are saying about the United States. 
And, you know, we have to understand, and I feel like it's difficult for a lot of people to understand, that what they're saying is true. Like, those are their experiences with mm-hmm. the United States, and you can't dismiss those. Exactly. And that, you know, we're not just trying to be mean. Oh, the Democrats are so mean, <laughs> you know? Like... The Democrats hate America. Yeah, oh God, they just... they. If you don't like it here, just fucking move. No. Like, no. Like, we're gonna tell you the truth, and that... I feel like that's something that I yearned for a lot when I was younger. I was like, can someone just please tell me the fucking truth? Like, when I was, like, formulating my opinions, like, like with journalism and stuff like that, all I wanted was to be like, somebody tell me what the fuck is going on without um, these, like, connotations of, like, what you believe. Just tell me what the hell is going on. And we're telling you, shit has gone down. <laughs> so look at the look to the people who have gone through that. To, to know the, the truth that is um, American imperialism and, you know, American disenfranchisement of its own people, you know? Mm-hmm. Like, that shit is true and as American as apple pie, <laughs> as Dr. Kloon said. Um, so, yeah. Wow. It's been an hour. <laughs> but I feel like we hit on yeah, a lot of lots things. lots of stuff to talk about. Yeah. And I could keep talking for another hour. The only just have to next election cycle we'll just have jasmine back on um so folks your homework is to fill your political feed or whatever it may be with compassion okay um i feel like it can be sometimes hard to digest all of these things um, that we're seeing and, you know, it can be very polarizing to um, try and explain yourself to people, to other people who may not have similar views as you. I mean, I was lucky enough to, um, you know, speak with Jasleen and we both have very similar views. However, this this podcast episode would have gone very differently had I been talking to someone with um, differing views from me. But I think that, you know, at the end of the day, we can, I, I hope that we can all sort of agree on the fact that everyone should be allowed to live their lives as freely and as honestly and truly and genuinely as possible and that I think that our politics and that our government should be putting measures in place that allow for that, you know, that people feel safe um, and that people feel represented and heard and respected by the government that's in place. Um, and, you know, right now it isn't perfect and I, I'm not sure when we will get to that point, but for all of you listening out there, um, I hope that you will fill your politics with compassion and fill your belief systems with understanding and empathy and kind of slow it down a little bit and, just slow down and kind of, you know, really think about what it might be for the next person who isn't you. Um, especially if you have 
you know, if, if you've made it this far and you have an oppos- opposing viewpoint to me and Desleen, I'm honestly floored and surprised. Um, but I hope that you kind of slow down and uh, consider what we're actually speaking about and consider some truth in what we're speaking about. So that's your guys, that's all of your homework for, for today. And I do hope that you guys are up for that challenge. But yeah, guys, it's been a real treat to have Jasleen on. She's very knowledgeable and very um, articulate in how, you know, she presents this information. So I hope you learned something new. I hope it got you fired up and, you know, like ready to engage in your community. Uh, It certainly has me feeling a a lot inspired. Um, So yeah, uh, I hope you guys enjoyed this uh, week's episode. Uh, If you did... uh, We'll leave Jasmine's info in in the bio as well. But um, consider dropping a rating or a sub on Spotify or Apple Podcasts. And yeah, um, until next time, I will talk to you guys later.